Hello and welcome to Kenyan Queer Questions. I am Antonio Luich. And I am Emma Reed. It's been a while. It's been forever. Oh my God, why, why did we stay so long? <laughs> I don't know, enough I, reasons. I know you were busy, I was busy. Yeah. But we're back. Yeah, a and lot of traveling oh, people. Yeah. yeah. We went to Uganda. Yeah, that was awesome. My goodness, <laughs> that, was, that was quite something. We went for Pride. Yeah, and it was very awesome meeting the community in Uganda. Mm-hmm. They talk to us a lot about their narrative of what's going on. There isn't much difference, yeah. except that their government seems to be more direct with their aggression towards queer persons. And you were arrested, weren't you? Yeah, they picked me up. I'd like to put it like that. They picked <laughs> you up. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, and I hope you're... August holidays went as awesome as mine did. Mine, well, was awesome, but as you can see, mm-hmm. I have half a face. Oh, Tony is not feeling too well. <laughs> Something know. has attacked Tony, and mm. we wish you the best. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll be fine. Okay. And I'm keeping a positive mind. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you. Thank if you. Some of us would be yelling right now and hitting all our gods. We dive into the questions right now. The first question goes to Tony, and the question was asked, falling in love with married men, is it an usual narrative in queer spaces, especially gay men? So gay men falling in love with married men. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think whether I've ever fallen in love with a married man. But I think I can take this. I can take this question in uh, in several angles of it. Okay. First of all, I will talk about um, men who are gay or who identify as gay or who mm. have sex with other men, but end up getting married yeah. because of society's um, ideals. What society wants us to 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 fit mm. into yeah. um you know the way you don't want your mother to constantly ask you when are you getting married or yeah. when are you giving me a grandchild or you know yeah. all that yeah. so because of society uh, trying to fit into what is considered norm in society mm. men who have sex with men and some gay men end up getting married yeah um and it's also because of some of the stigma that you face as a as a gay man and yeah. you you don't want to be the the 30 year old bachelor um and because of the stigma that you face from society you end up you know i i'm, I'm i can't deal with this anymore i'm going to get yeah. married so now that's the angle that's one angle there are men who have sex with men who are married yeah. and some of us who are not married will well, at some point, fall in love with them. <laughs> and it's, it becomes a really, really tricky situation. But that's a situation whereby a person mm-hmm. even understands their orientation yeah. and they're covering it up. They're covering it up. Okay. And there are also instances where yeah. people who are actually straight and married... Yeah, that's that, what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> there are situations where people who are straight and married who uh, gay men will fall in love with. And it's basically an attraction. It's 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 it is one of those attractions that may not be reciprocated. Yeah. That will never be reciprocated <laughs> at all because that's their sexual orientation. Yeah. They are straight. They are married to their wives and everything. But I, I know people who have seen a man that they are attracted to and they fall in love with them and you know they just lust after them for years and years and it's never going to be reciprocated. Okay. But that's the way it is. There is a narrative of gay men falling in love with married men. Uh, what I wanted to talk about earlier was uh, the, the, the trickiness of 
the married man who is also MSM who understands their sexual orientation True. because mm-hmm. uh, the other one where the person is straight there's really nothing you can do about it really yeah. this person is a heterosexual man I wish you were that sure about the homosexuals <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a person who is a heterosexual yeah. man and you can't really do anything about it you will last after him mm. um, as we all do I last after some people I'll never get like Russell Crowe uh, oh <laughs> what the hell people <laughs> but uh, but you'll never get him. It's 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 one of those unrequited love. So, uh, but with this other people, mm. the ones who are who are gay, yeah, and 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 they are married to women and they have a family. Yeah. So what I want to talk about that is the, the, how tricky it can be, mm. because you have a family and you're living a double life. Yeah. It's not something. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, saying that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that you you need to stop doing it. Mm. I'm just saying that it is really really difficult for all those people involved. Yeah. For the man, for the wife, and for, for the, the kids lover. and for the lover. Okay. Because this the, the the lover is going to be thinking okay there is another family over there. Yeah. Or uh, and the wife is probably doesn't even know that this lover exists. So it 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 gets it it's one of those things that we can't really tackle in one podcast. Do you understand why I look down on possession? Mm. Look at the complexities I you know, people right? are putting your lives in. <laughs> possession. Possession. But it, it, it can be really difficult. Yeah. Uh, and there is that narrative and mm. it exists. Okay. Now, I don't know why the question was asked. I don't know if there's someone who was falling in love with a married man. No, no, no. It actually came from a cisgender straight person. Uh-huh. And it was from a space whereby there's a more like on the other side narrative mm. queer women have more situations whereby they won't even want anything to do with you because you're married ah. yeah oh well so a married woman can be in love with a queer woman uh-huh. and that's the first basis of rejection the fact that they're married yeah and you're straight and married like that's the next extreme to us like wow i don't need to be part of this mess oh my god this identity politics they really just go and grow and grow okay um and the other question that we were asked was um do lesbians and gays want to be the opposite sex oh okay that's for me yeah <laughs> tackle that I will, I will speak as myself, as a lesbian identifying person who is also gender non-specific. I'll keep throwing words. I've oh, checked gender oh. question now. Gender question, <laughs> gender fluid, gender non-specific. And I struggle with what my understanding and the end of my journey will be in that conversation of gender. Mm. But my struggle is the other side. What is my feminine side? What is the mother in me? What is the female in me? And how the femininity in me, those are things I hold very dear. And for me, as a lesbian person, mm-hmm. and not gender-questioning person, mm-hmm. I have a serious need to never be anything that doesn't hold femininity in it. Because like, if I became a man, I wouldn't be a lesbian, like they're not allowed. <laughs> I don't know how to survive that life. If you became a man, would, would you be then a straight woman? <laughs> a straight imagine? man? Can you imagine? It would be too much. So I personally 
wouldn't want to be a man. And if I was anything that identifies differently from female, it would be neither or. Neither man nor woman. Yeah, but nothing within me and most people I know, mm-hmm. unless they're transgender persons. And right. that's the difference that we needed to make very clear right now. Okay. There are people who have body politics in terms of gender. Right. They have a right to be in the gender that they feel fits them in okay. their narrative. Right. But when it comes to sexuality, and uh-huh. those who identify in minorities within it, right. for example, a lesbian, e.g. me, I am very comfortable with being female. As much as I will dress manly, it's how I'm comfortable too in terms of fashion. Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> stop checking me out, Tony. <laughs> But I am very satisfied with being, with being my issues with patriarchy wouldn't allow me to enjoy manhood. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of issues with patriarchy, just just see if we could digress a little bit. Um because yeah. I'm also thinking about myself and, mm-hmm. and because the question was also lesbians and gays wanted yeah. to be the opposite sex. And I'm thinking I am not uh, I, I do not want to be female. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be female, but I do identify with the, my feminine side yes. quite a lot. Not not in my dressing or mm-hmm. in my in my expression, mm-hmm. but I think in in my mind I really do identify with. I can attest. <laughs> I identify with my femininity, but that doesn't mean that I actually want to be a female. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe that's the patriarch in me. <laughs> And I really hope the person who asked this question got their answer. Mm-hmm. But there's a, I just want to elaborate on the distinction between gender and expression minorities and mm-hmm. sexual orientation minorities. Mm-hmm. And yes, on the other side of the conversation on gender identity, mm-hmm. that is heavy. That has been something that needs to be focused on yeah. and interrogated fully. And yeah. it should have n- nothing to do with you. It's still none of your business whether a gay man or a transgender man wants to be a man or a woman yeah. and vice versa. It's all up to them. Yeah, it's all up to them. Yeah. And I really think it affects nothing about the taxes you pay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Taxes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Next question to Tony. Um, this was asked, how do gay men decide who is on top? Do they exchange? And does the pleasure just come? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, we always have one of these questions. Um, <laughs> all right. How do gay men decide who is on top? I'm just going to add some. You know, people always ask who is on top. Uh, they never ask who is on, in the bottom. Or you know. So let me, let me just elaborate again. And I'm sure you've done this in a previous episode. Mm. Let me talk about how gay men have sex. Yeah. Um, they, gay men do not necessarily need to have sex. That's first of all. And when they do, it could be just kissing and touching and holding each other and, and um, you know, uh, caressing each other. And I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Imagine he is. <laughs> Continue. And, um, and it could be oral sex. It could be um, anal sex. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing what this person asked in this question is actually talking about anal sex. Yeah. Because clearly that's all anyone thinks about when they think <laughs> about gay men having sex. Yeah. So let me elaborate a little bit about anal sex. And I will talk about 
uh, 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 anal sex. I was gonna say I will talk about my experience, but I'm not gonna talk about my experience. Why? <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You can infer from it whether it's my experience or not. Okay. Um, so how do you decide who is on top? Really, it's a preference. Yeah. What we always say is that however you want to have sex, mm -hmm. then you should, and there is nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So if I prefer to be on top, if I prefer to be in the bottom, then that's who I am. Yeah. And as you notice, my P words are a bit difficult to say. That's yeah. on account of my face. So, yeah. Okay, so um, it's all about preference. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it's not really a decision that people decide. That they meet, um, I meet another gay man and we decide, okay, so today you're going to be on top or, and I'm going to be in the bottom. No, no, no. It's, it's really what does he prefer to be? What, where do I prefer to be? Yeah. And, and that's where the chemistry starts. Um, uh, do they exchange? Um, well, there are people who are pure tops and pe people who are pure bottoms. Oh my God, those are so many Ps. Um, and, and there are people who are versatile. So yeah. by versatility, it means that you can be either top or bottom. So depending on who you are with and who you are, who, what your preference is, then you could exchange. Uh, some people call it flip-flopping and you know. Ooh, I know something new. Flip-flop. Yeah. You want to flip-flop? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so yes, they can exchange. And, and so then the other, the, the other part of the question is, does the pleasure just come? Yeah. <laughs> it should if you're doing it right. Oh, thank you. I was going to say that. It should come. It should come. If you're doing it right, the pleasure is definitely going to be there. So, yes, there is a lot of pleasure in sex between two men. It could be from the kissing. It could be from just talking. It could be from just, you know, caressing each other. It could be from the anal sex. It could be from the oral sex. So, the pleasure is there. There is a lot of pleasure in all forms of sex that you enjoy as long as you're enjoying it. Okay. I have the, my problem with this question and all these sex questions we go through mm -hmm. is each time I wonder if the person asking the last time they met somebody who sexually excited them, whether they sat down to decide. Let's imagine it's even a heterosexual yeah. couple. Do you meet at the club and go, are you okay with oral? Are you okay with, you know, how big are you? Will you penetrate me? Um, what does that mean? Do we talk before? No, you don't. It, there's no formula to it when the, when the chemistry is there or when the act has intent. Uh -huh. I don't think we navigate all those. I think the biggest question we have is consent. Yeah. 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 You never really talk about yeah. it. You never really sit down and discuss the, the intricacies of the sexual mm. act that you are about to if do. If anything, you're just watching the person and taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you discussing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Never really thought about it that way. Interesting. And with that, we're going to take a very short break. Yeah. When we return, we're going to answer questions on the decriminalization petition that is in court and secrets of our bodies. Okay, see you then, people.
Hello people, welcome back to Kenyan Queer Questions. We are on session number two of episode number seven. Oh yeah. A cigarette later, confessions. Hi Tony. I didn't have a cigarette. Oh he did. <laughs> doctors out there, that's what Tony is doing with his life. And the doctor's <laughs> telling me not to smoke. Oh, I should stop. Yeah. So Tony will kick us off. Yes. And the next question is to Ima. And uh, the question is, why are our bodies so secretive? Why are they so secretive? Why, why do we have to hide so much about our bodies? Number one, the Bible. Oh dear. As soon as they covered us after Eve, the woman, as expected, sinned and got us kicked out of the garden. And there's also an influence of Western culture, as expected, in that when colonization happened, we, are, we were looked at as very primitive as black-bodied people. Yeah because we lacked garments that looked that was designed and well interrogated and yet they were exposing and to be honest that featured the climate we were in at the time before this is post global warming to this level right now you're not hanging your teeth in nairobi <laughs> walking around but these narratives have a direct influence on how we interrogate sexuality now, before you get there, yeah. uh, you, you, you talked about garments, and I mm-hmm. just wanted to touch on that, um, yeah. because African culture, the yeah. African culture before, mm. was very... If you look at all the, the, the clothing that we had, the Maasai, mm. the Kikuyu, it was very, really, yeah. freely worn. Yeah. We exposed so much, mm-hmm. um, and, and even that whole aspect of exposure, for me, it's a problem. Because what are we exposing? What is what is this that we are hiding? And that's hiding? the thing. Back then, mm. that was just clothing. Yeah. And this, I speak from an influence of how physically mm-hmm. we secret our bodies, how we cover them up, how we protect them. But the more important conversation should have been how our bodies mm-hmm. lack the conversation they need. How our bodies still can't be easily explained by our own selves. If you look at sexuality from puberty, this is the conversation that was necessary. Your body changes. That has been all we had. Your body will change. Your body will change. And they said it like we are going to turn into vampires and some shit. And and there was a lot of otheringness Mm -hmm. of that body by the people who are around you, including our parents. Uh Yeah, they gave you the body. They made it. And at no point will they sit down and ask you, that lump that you're thinking about, and I'm not talking about breast, I'm talking about even the pimples that appear within menstruation for young girls. At oh. some point, I thought I had an SDI the first time I got those lumps, those pimples for, oh I'm like, oh my Acne. God. Yeah, I looked at somebody sexually, I must die. <laughs> <laughs> and when you have in, no information whatsoever, mm. it makes the body something that we want to lock up every day and remove at night and enjoy it and then throw it back at somebody else into the closet of what our clothing are. And these conversations might not be things that we can have with people we are not comfortable in because the damage has been so far and we can't look at ourselves as the physical vessels we hold. We'll talk about health because that's the only one we were allowed. But what about pleasure? What about imprisoning of us within our bodies? Mm. And these conversations may be hard for us is why we would get them. Lack practice for us is why we'll get them. But the truth is, as soon as we get to the conversation whereby you can say, let me have a conversation with my vagina or my Mm. penis. What do I think about my anus? What do I think about my 
my ears, they look really tiny. Like, and you find in very different cultures and yeah. societies and not just purely African ones, they had so much to say and to think about each part of our bodies. Right. And it gave us a more profound respect and understanding of ourselves and the love that we are seeking to find within us. Mm-hmm. And I feel that God should, yes, it's good that God was the question, but mm-hmm. let's remove it and within our comfort, have that conversation. Okay. I don't know if I answered the person or I just ranted everything that has been bothering me about bodies. I think you just ranted. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I love that. You can find something in there. No, I love, I love, I love what you said really about uh, about conversations with ourselves, with yeah. our bodies. Because I, I don't think that's happening in this society as we are. Because um, we have children growing up not really understanding what is happening to their bodies because we are unable to have that conversation. And very few adults even understand it. Exactly. Adults, we've grown up, we are adulting already, and, <laughs> and we do not know that, that little change that's happening to your yeah. penis or that, that sensation you get when... And we've not when, even covered the hormones oh, and the nervous system. I know. Is it something that should be taught in sex in school, on sex ed, for instance? It should be taught, but it's being taught, but from a very scientific, biological point of view, mm-hmm. which erases the conversation and the power they hold our bodies. Okay. I, I've, always, I've always thought that sex education in, in, in Kenyan schools needs mm. to really, really change. And it needs to be tackled in a more holistic way and not uh, man, woman, penis, vagina and children. Yeah. And also the hetero... hetero Normativity. Lization <laughs> <laughs> of that conversation. Yeah. While we could have spoken of it based on skin mm-hmm. and desires, yeah. erases a lot of people in the room, it even heterosexual people. Yeah. If we say a vagina is this, there's so, for example, everywhere we are going, lately I've been meeting a lot of articles about why vaginas look different from each other. And none looks really? like another, it's like a fingerprint. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And had that been what people are having a conversation about in class, yeah. even the boy children who are seated there right. would have less bigoted things to say to their lovers when they might they meet something that's different. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that's a conversation that we need to begin as a country, really, about... Yeah. We need to, to push our people to, to actually have that conversation around yeah. sexual education in schools and, and not heteronormativize it, mm. but have it very holistic. Yeah. Whether they're going to accept it, I have no idea. I don't think they will, but yeah. let's have our conversation and hope everyone else catches up. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Question number three for Tony. Mm. Tony, with the decriminalization petition, that is in court. There was an article that was written by the Attorney General Getumogai, mm. whereby he warned the country from a legal space, is what he claimed. But what he said is, if we allow queer people, not homosexual people, not to be criminalized in Kenya, mm-hmm. we are going to end up with gay marriage. Kindly tackle this. My anger won't let me. Me, Kwanzaa, I don't understand 
why everyone really wants to insist that we want to get married me imagine i don't not not now maybe later but not now yeah. right now i just want to be allowed to exist mm-hmm. i want to be allowed to live in my my space without mm-hmm. having it influenced by people like you know given we guy himself or Ezekiel Mutua or uh, yeah. the deputy president saying some really really nasty things about the person that I am and um that's all I need I just need to be allowed to exist so with that in mind the decriminalization is is about uh, allowing me to exist in my society that's it it's not about getting married it's about allowing me to exist without the stigma without the discrimination without without all the violence that we face without um without the blackmail that people face because of those laws that are in in place that's the main problem i will wear the shoes of the homophobe for a minute mm. for once in my life and i won't put them on ever again <laughs> okay are you existing already oh yeah i'm existing And? I am existing. Why but I'm existing with a lot of 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 drama in my life. Not just drama really, but mm-hmm. with the with the stigma and the discrimination and 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 losing jobs. Okay, I haven't lost a job because I'm gay because I have been working for the gay community for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um but there are people who are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. There are people who are being thrown out of their houses because of the fact that they are queer. Yeah. There are people who are walking down the streets and being raped yeah. because they are lesbian. The, you know to correct them yeah. it's really ridiculous and all this is because of the laws that are in place right now is because of the utterances that politicians make yeah. bec- due to those laws it's because of the utterances that uh, uh religious persons make due to their religious beliefs and those laws so when given guy says that um uh this decree petition is going to make people is going to bring gay marriage through the back door it's really not Yeah. what we dispute is the fact that people who exist in this country uh, a section of the society is being treated different because of a law that has been put in place uh, from colonial influences, influences yeah. uh, because of that law that really didn't really need to exist um and, and i always say that gay and lesbian people have existed in this country since time immemorial since even before the colonizers came with these laws that came they came with okay. so why then should we not get rid of these laws let this section of society exist without the stigma and that discrimination that these laws cost them why not my and now i'm back to the homosexual <laughs> this homosexual doesn't know how to settle for less meaning or why it is okay for us to say that's not discri- d- discrimination mm. if yes we are fighting from the bottom right now we just need not to go to police mm. and be assault- assaulted by the police but just because we are gay and we yeah. have no one else to report exactly. to but isn't living in this society freely doing what everybody else in this society can do yes even if gay marriage was passed right now i know most queer people might not even end up getting married that's, true, that's yes. the truth that's like, very few queer people are even in partnerships that they have even gotten a date they can visualize to an extent of marriage and that too is an oppression yeah but the fear that would come from a person who holds the highest legal office is he the highest or the cj yes he is yeah how can he take something that is legal mm. even i who 
doesn't understand law much, or maybe I do, finds it ridiculous to read that article. How can even the people with the power and understanding and global awareness of what this means take such a stupid claim? Do not tell us that we are against the law of nature. And then they're like, no, you want to get married. Yeah, and what's, what's about this marriage? Where do they think we want it? What, what? is in there? Or maybe it's because I've never had it. Maybe, <laughs> is it gold? Is it I don't the know. Utopia? I, I don't know what it is about marriage that everyone really wants to, in, in some of the international spaces, yeah. when, when uh, the Universal Peer Review yeah. in the UN uh, Human Rights Council session, when we say that you need to decriminalize homosexuality, when other countries say that you need to decriminalize homosexuality, yeah. and the person who's representing Kenya there goes, well, gay marriage is illegal in Kenya. No one has said anything about gay marriage. No one has said anything about marriage. We, we're talking about decriminalizing homosexuality, letting people exist without all the stigma and the discrimination. It's not about marriage. But at this point, really, at this point, when people are being raped in the streets, when people are being beaten in, the, in, in, in their houses, when people are being thrown out of their houses because they're queer, when people are being um, are losing an education, like recently there was a, the 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 case in I think Masen or something, yeah. where two, two guys, guys were, th uh, were expelled because they were suspected of being queer. And that's another really ridiculous case because these boys were actually violated by their peers. They were beaten by their peers and they're the what? ones who ended up being expelled. And I'm sure there was no action that was taken against the people who beat these boys. Can I... I do like a petition, I don't know which law I will tackle, <laughs> that has the people in power refusing to be humane and disappointing us repeatedly. Like with Gidumwe guy, I swear to you, I am not even angry. I'm disappointed considering how much knowledge and intelligence that yes. man holds. Yeah. For him not even to give us back an argument yeah. about why decriminalization is wrong and mm. just throw it the other way. Mm -hmm. It's just sad. It is sad. And it's, it's the fact sad. that maybe he can't argue against it is even sadder. It's sad, but it's, it's actually, I'm happy that he can't argue against it because it's, <laughs> it, it works for <laughs> then me. Then why did you write an article? Leave it if you had nothing to say back. You just shut up. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, a really, it's a really demoralizing thing when you have uh, an attorney general come up with an argument like that and you just wonder, what country do we live in? What yeah. sort of a legal system are we looking at? And it's 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 scary. And uh, yeah. okay, even we, my ulcers are starting to burn. <laughs> Let's leave this question alone. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll tackle it again in, yeah. the, in the coming months because this petition is going to go on. Yeah, and uh, we were named as one of the interested parties. Yeah, so um, we have been violated, and we need our rights. Not special rights, but the rights that everyone else in the country has. To enter the city center yeah. and, be, uh, and not being asked why I am there and I have sex with the women. Exactly. Okay. Those simple things that people take for granted. Yeah. <sighs> Sigh. Okay. So I, I'm going to ask one question of Ima. Mm -hmm. It's one of those personal questions. You should see how she's trembling. I'm about to run out of the wind. She's about to run out. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's, it's actually sexual in nature. What did you expect with homosexuals? <laughs> I, I, I don't expect more. I don't like being disappointed. <laughs> As a queer woman, yes. would you have sex that goes from point A to point Z, like the whole way, with a person who you do not find attractive? 
<laughs> what? I think we all do what we have to. <laughs> um, yeah, and sometimes it's not from a space of assault mm-hmm. within my complexities as a very emotional person. There are times whereby self-destruction is what is necessary. All right. And there are times whereby self-punishing is what I need. And I struggle with making that as honest as possible to the person I am with, what we talked about earlier in bodies. I feel it's necessary, especially when a person offers you their body, to be very clear in what you're giving or taking within it. I want you in this way. That will also help you avoid all the possession people speak of after that. And when you are with a person who is comfortable with that, I am fine. We can go the whole way. There's even a chance I won't go the whole way with a person I'm attracted to because of intimacy issues. We all have them. Don't, don't think of me that way, people. Like, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> but I find concealed sex and very non-exposed, uh-huh. especially when it's with people I'm not emotionally attracted to, uh-huh. more comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Like, so let's bang different quick. aspects of yeah, attraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is. Yeah. There's a Physical and emotional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's, oh, there's the connections. That one, I don't even want to have sex with you. I'll be your slave till I die. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there. Be my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I think, have I answered you? Yes. That was really uncomfortable. I know, I can <laughs> see it. I, you, you've made me uncomfortable before, so this is revenge. <laughs> This is revenge. No, was soft, too cold. Nairobi is freezing, by the way. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was our episode seven yeah. of Kenyan Queer Questions. We really have missed you people and hope you've been having a good time and you've been safe while you are away. We will be taking as many questions as possible. There's some loving human being somewhere who has given us unlimited space on SoundCloud. Oh, yes. And we thank you so much, Grim. <laughs> and we would love to record as many episodes at once. Mm-hmm. So the more questions you throw us, as record. important or as unimportant, as heavy and as shallow as possible, all are welcome. We are here to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I am Ima Reed, and I hope I see you next time um, or hear you from you next time. I'm Anthony Lunch, and I hope I'm better next time. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my face is not half next time. He killed it. <sighs> all right, and uh, be safe. Be safe, we love people. You. Yeah, and we love you. Bye. Bye-bye.